Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just honor and bless you today. We thank you that you are a good God, that you've extended your hands of mercy towards us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice that Jesus paid for us, and we could never pay him back. And Father God, for that today, we just endeavor to lift you up. We just lay our lives down. Uh, just to be used by you as vessels of light. And Father God, we just thank you we, as we open our hearts and our minds to receive the truth, Father God. Better, just We ask you that we'd be better vessels when we leave here today to take your gospel and be a light to the nations of the world. And Father God, we bless you today. We thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. God's good. Amen. Amen. So we want to welcome you guys. I know we, uh, we got a couple, we, we got a few first time visitors here. Um, we want to welcome you here to Christian Assembly. We're just about Jesus. You know, if you want to kneel, you want to stand, run, sit, whatever you want to do, we're just, we're just thankful for Jesus. So you, you just worship however, however you feel free. Amen. First time I wandered into this church, I'm like, man, why are these people lifting their hands? And uh, I was sitting over here, the Fiox brought me in, and I'm like, what's that all about? And they're like, man, if I come before you and put a gun, what are you going to do? I'm like, I surrender. There you go. So, you know, when you see people lifting their hands, you know, the Bible says lift your hands, one without wrath, one without doubting. We're just saying, listen, God, my life belongs to you. Let every fiber of my being glorify you, magnify you. Let all, all that's within me, you know, every fiber of my being just, just glorify your name. And so uh, that, that's what we're about here today. We're not about religion. We're about God and His mercy, His grace, and, uh, you know, restoration. God is a great, great God. And so I don't come here for any other reason other than to say thank you. For what you did for me, and I endeavor to extend the same to others, and and uh, endeavor to take the gospel to people that never heard it. That God's not mad. God loves you. He's a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. And as I shared a few weeks ago, every every block, every every aspect, every dollar spent in His church is built on the purpose of taking life to others, is bringing restoration, bringing life unto others. And uh, He's such a good God. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to share just a, just a little bit today. Actually, I'm going to, I'll share that later. But uh, before, before I go any farther, you know, I, I called uh, uh, Maddie McNary. Who, she's probably watching online. But um, anyway, I'm like, Maddie, I'm going to do this mess. I need to do a PowerPoint. And so she spent a week and a half doing a PowerPoint. I, put, I did like a week putting this message together. And then like two days, two days ago, I'm praying. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I need to go a different route. And so, Maddie, if you're watching online, my deepest apologies. Don't tell the paper my house. So, but, uh, you know, I'll do my best to be led by the Holy Spirit. But I have found, you know, whatever plans man has, it's best to put those aside and just do your best to follow God. So we'll endeavor to do that today. I can remember, uh, uh, well, it's been early 90s. I had wandered in here, and I got born again at the... Uh, at the hot dog shop in Chippewa back, uh, back years ago. And so there was a missionary from Africa. And uh, how many of you remember this story? 
My testimony. Anybody remember this? Like three. All right, so for the rest of you, I'll tell it real quick. All right, so I was, I was raised in... Um, I'm not going to get into that a lot, but... Um, so it was a challenge. My, my childhood was a challenge, to put it lightly. And so I started following certain footsteps. I'm at the YMCA one day. Well, I take it back. I was in college, and a kid turned around. He says, man, he says, well, I just feel impressed to tell you, you know, God loves you, and, and uh, you know, do, do you love God? And I'm like, yeah, I love God. He says, we well, you know the Bible says you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. And I'm like, it's not in there. I spent, I spent 19 years in a church. I've never heard of such a thing. And he said, well, go home and look it up. So I went home and looked it up. And a Bible my mother had bought me, an NIV Bible, I looked it up, and there it was. Unless a man be born again, he'll never see the kingdom of God. A couple days later, I mean, I'm under conviction. What does this mean? Do I have to live good for God? You know, what, what exactly does this mean? And I'm, I'm at the Chippewa YMCA, and they close at noon during these days. And so we're playing basketball in, the, in one of the racquetball courts in the back. And so my buddy comes in, he's like, dude, they're closing in like 15 minutes, but if we hide back here... They'll close the building and we can stay and play basketball all day or do whatever we want. I'm like, all right, I'm in. And so, remember, I'm not saved, right? So, <clears throat> so anyway, we do that. So anyway, there's a group of us that stay. It's probably 2 o'clock. We're playing basketball. Kid shells me up against the wall and bam, I hit this kid. And uh, anyway, he just stares at me. And all of a sudden it hits me. I'm going to hell. And I don't know what to do about it. And uh, here I am in front of this kid I just hit, and I start crying. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I'll buy you a steak dinner. I'll, I'll do this. And I'm repenting. I'm apologizing to this kid, and he, he doesn't say anything. And so uh, I finally get myself together. I run back in the men's bathroom at the Chippewa, and I'm crying. I got my head in my hands. I said, God, I'm going to hell. I don't know what to do. Show me a sign. Show me a sign. And, I, and I, here I am calling out to God for a sign. And um, calling out for, you know, maybe 20 minutes. God, you've got to show me a sign. I don't want to go to hell. My friends come in, they're like, dude, what are, what are you doing? What's the matter with you? I'm like, I'll be all right, just go home. So they left. And here I am at the Y. And so calling out for a sign. And, uh, you know, God's, God's faithful. And so I heard a bunch of feet upstairs, and so finally I get myself together, wash my face off. I walk upstairs, and there's a, there's a group of about 70 kids and a missionary from Africa talking to them. And I thought, man, this is my sign. And so uh, he talks for about three minutes. He said, I need a ride back to the church. Anybody give me a ride? And I lifted my hand. And, uh, and the youth pastor, whoever it was, went up and said, listen, we don't know this guy. <laughs> but the missionary was brave. And so he let me, he let me give him a ride. And he said, that's all right, I'll take him. And so we sit down in his car. As soon as I sit down, I start bawling. I'm like, man, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm going to hell and I don't know what to do. And uh, so he took me to the... To the uh, to the hot dog shop in Chippewa, we sat back by the bathrooms, and he led me down the Roman road. That all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. Amen? You know, there's a scripture in James 2, you know, as an evangelist, a missionary, it's my favorite scripture to use. It says, if any man sins at one point, he's guilty of it all. And so, I have endeavored, I learned from my good friend Ben Sly, you know, he said something to me one day, it just rang a bell, he said, listen, I'm not in a position to judge anyone. And I try to live my life that way, where I won't judge another, because Lord knows if I'm judging one, and there's 50 judging me. And so I try, to, I try to live my life judgment-free. And so I just do my best to point people in the, in the right direction. And, uh, you know, of course, in, in Romans 6.23, you know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that day he prayed with me there in the YMCA, and I received Christ as my, as my Lord and Savior. 
And I, I've done my best to serve him, you know, uh, since then. And uh, Lord knows I've made mistakes, but thank God he is still merciful. And uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He forgave me then, he still forgives me. And, uh, you know, and that is why you see me at church on Sundays. It's because he's merciful. Amen? Amen. I wandered into church here about six months later. Went to, went to another church for about nine months and, you know, I just, just wasn't really getting super filled up. Wandering here, I'm sitting in the back over here, um, back on this side, back by the sound booth, and I had my red Edinburgh jacket on. I was playing baseball at Edinburgh at the time. And pastor here preached a message, but I want to thank you for that. It changed my life. And he preached a message that day, and, um, you know, I, I'm, cool. I'm kind of a Baptocostal. And so, I mean, if I'm going to define my religion, I'm sort of a Baptocostal, you know, so. But anyway, he's preaching his day on, on faith. And um, anyway, uh, you know, shared on faith uh, in, uh, I believe, Mark 11. I can't remember the scripture, but, you know, somewhere along those lines. And this is the only time I ever saw him do this. And the pastor said, you know what, if you're believing God for something, or if you want to, you know, if you want to share man, something you're believing God, we'll, we'll believe together. Or so, I can't remember his exact words, but he opened it up where we could share either testimony or what we were believing God for. And I had just wandered in here. I don't know any. I don't know a single person in here except the Fox. And uh, anyway, I'm sitting back in the back. And I looked at my hand, and he said, "You back there?" And uh, what are you sharing for? And I'm like, "Listen, I'm like, I'm so thankful I am saved. I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to tell others." For what God has done for me. I believe in God. If you all believe with me. I believe in God for a million souls. And uh, so. Pastor I think he. I, I might have, he's like alright. Well that's a good thing to believe for. And we prayed and we believe God. And uh, you know. Not too long ago. <clears throat> you know we determined that we would, we would try to reach that by 2020. And so here we are in 2020. And we are close. So we're not quite there. But we're getting there. And uh, so not, not, too, not too far down the line, hopefully I'll have another testimony. We'll be able to stand up and, and uh, share that that's fulfilled. But Pastor, I want to thank you for that day, brother, for uh, sowing in my life. And uh, Give me an opportunity to do what God's called me to do. So, brother, I just want to thank you for sticking with me. Amen. God's a good God. Amen. Praise God. Well, I feel like we should pray or sing or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody got a song? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Amen. I was going to tell Tammy to sing before the, before the service, Amazing Grace. You know, what a great story. Everybody know the story of that? How the guy wrote it? The guy's name was John Newton, and he was a slave boat captain. Brought 20,000 slaves to the United States and, and other areas. And uh, someone preached to him, and he got born again. He was so thankful he was saved, he spent the rest of his life writing hymns. And, of course, he wrote you know, the Christian national anthem, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Saved a wretch like me. You know, of course, once we're saved, we're not a wretch any longer, but Lord knows we were all wretches. And He's merciful. Amen? So, praise God. Well, if you brought your Bibles, go to Psalm 27. I'm going to do my best to preach here.
I don't know if you guys have seen this. We are um, we have started something with a welcome team that if you bring a first time visitor or if you're wandering here as a as a visitor, we donate fifty dollars in your name. We're we're just going to honor you for your visit. We're going to donate fifty dollars in your names. We, we rotate each month. Um, where's Lonnie Berry? Lonnie here. What, what is it this month, Lonnie? Okay, so what we're donating to is sending the youth on a mission trip. And so whatever, you know, somebody wanders in here, we donate $50 to help a youth go on a mission trip. We have various things we donate to, uh, including one of them is a women's uh, center in Beaver, uh, where women can go get help if they're, you know, out of, out of difficult situations. Uh, we donate to, like I said, mission trips. Um, we donate to, to Cuba. And then, um, what is the other one? What am I missing? The homeless ministry. Yeah, thank you. And we donate to the homeless ministry. One other thing before we get into God's Word. We had these printed. Uh, Brother Allen has blessed us immensely. So you all need to thank him after the service. So uh, anyway, he has donated these things. And so what in here, what is in here, I want to encourage you guys because coming from a, a church this size, you can sit in this church and, and not necessarily connect. You know, if, you, if you're a church of 20 or a church of 30, it's easy to connect. Um, in a church this size, it's easy to come in and maybe maybe not feel connected. But there, you do have interest, you do have you know giftings and things like that. And so we had a, a thing uh, printed, put together that is we call the life groups. And these are all the Bible studies. These are the groups that go out. We have an ATV group uh, that goes out. We go riding down in um, down in Wellsville. The nursing home ministries down here, you know, and, and things like that. Um, all all kind of places you can volunteer and get connected with people. And like Chris said uh, before the service, the best way he connects in the church, and I'll verify this, is just serving God with, a, you know, with another. And so, you know, if you're willing to, to volunteer to help Willie and Deb with the greeters, uh, if you're willing to help Ben with the homeless, or uh, Robert Wells has started a great ministry with the food bank, um, you know, if you're willing to, to lay down a little bit of time, that's a great way to connect with people and, and uh, really serve God together. I want to encourage you guys to pick these up at the welcome table. There's a form in there you can fill out if you'd like to be contacted by a leader. Um, uh, where's Jackie? Jackie, are you taking people with you or not to deliver cookies and such? Okay, can't get into schools. Okay, so Jackie has a ministry. She'll take cookies and such into the schools to try to bless the teachers, uh, things like that. So there's always areas that you guys can hook up with. Um, Cindy Mackett helps in the back with the uh, homeless room. I know I'm forgetting most of you guys. But, but anyway, there's all, always places you can, you can get hooked up. So we encourage you guys to do that. Amen. All right, if you guys are there in Psalms 20, uh, 27... As I said, I just, I just felt God leading us in, in uh, leading me at least in this direction today, um, and it's sort of uh, it's sort of we had gone this lines uh, years ago, but I felt felt like we should uh, revisit this, and so we're gonna we're gonna do this today. And um, I was uh, I was in Bible school, and I heard a guy sharing um, sort of along these lines, and so it sort of developed a message from that. And I believe, you know, if we have open hearts, this will bless somebody here today. But the, this guy was a pilot. And uh, he said in, in the country he came from, that when you were a pilot going through pilot school, and that you encountered a storm that you were going through, a lot of times it's easy to get, you know, discombobulated and, and you know, things turned upside down and things like that. And it's difficult to think straight. And so he said in his pilot school, they teach him that there's five easy steps, five easy C's that you can hang on to that will help you fly and navigate through any storm 
that you might encounter in life. And after hearing these years ago, I thought, you know what? These have great spiritual connotation. And I believe we can hang on to the same five easy steps. This will help us in life. You know, at the at the end of the at the end of the rainbow, at the end of you know, at the end of where we're getting, we have a great, you know, reward that God has for us. But in life, you know, at times we gotta navigate some things. And uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, one of the first things he shared is you know, you gotta realize as a pilot pilot that you're gonna fly through some things. But, you know, if you want perfect weather all the time, the only way to achieve that is just staying on the ground. And, uh, you know, the only pilot that's going to experience a storm is a pilot that's going somewhere. And so we need to, we need to understand that and, and just hang on to these five easy steps. I believe they'll get us through anything we're encountered. First thing they teach these pilots in pilot school, number one, is to calm down. When we encounter a storm in life, the first thing we should do is calm down. The Bible says in Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Everybody say the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? You know, one of the great battles I've had to, you know, to confront in life is, is that. It's just a storm of fear. Just, you know, in certain areas. Um, you know, and I'm probably better than some. And I've, I've had to face things worse than others. Or, you know, and um, stronger than others. But I come from a family that... You know, parts of my family are champion warriors. And, uh, you know, I've had to confront things from, from early on, and I still have to force myself in certain areas uh, in this, you know, to stay on top of things. But it says, The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What a good, I mean, we could stop right there and go home, right? If God's on our side, what difference does it make who's against us? Really? You know, David was faced with many circumstances throughout his life. In the Old Testament, you'd see him frequently stop and encourage himself and endeavor to build himself up. In 1 Samuel 36, it said this, And David was greatly distressed, for the people <clears throat> spake of stoning him. How many are thankful that today you're not going to get stoned? I sure am. I don't know, I don't know what that feels like, but it can't be good. Because the soul of the people was grieved, and every man <clears throat> for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Here's a guy that's been getting threatened to get stoned. People, now I'm talking about rocks. All right. Throwing rocks at him. And David had to stop to encourage himself. You know, he, David wrote a lot of the Psalms, and in Psalms 91, he wrote this. And as we look back, you know, we can see some things. Psalm 91.4, he says, He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. One translation says. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Thank God for the promises of God. You know, years ago, I remember a pastor doing this. He'd make us hold up our Bibles, repeat after me. You know, and when he first did it, I'm like, why are we doing this? And then you realize, listen, his promises are your armor and your protection. Amen. We all need encouragement from time to time. I, I saw uh, the, this one time, the fear spelled out as this, false evidence appearing real. 
The great evangelist Billy Sunday once said this. He said, fear, fear knocked at my door and faith answered and no one was there. Why do, this is a dangerous part about fear. Is that why, why fear and faith have a lot in common is both are convinced and something is going to take place. And so we need to be careful that we don't entertain fearful thoughts. Because whatever you're convinced of, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, is a man believeth in his heart, so is he. And so we have to be careful that we guard our heart against the negative thought process. And, uh, you know, the thought may come, but you have to cast down vain imaginations and things that would exalt itself, you know, against God. And so we need to, you know, meditate upon the Word of Word of God. Fill ourselves with that. Howard Chandler once said this. He said, "Every morning I spend my uh, spend fifteen minutes filling myself, filling my mind full of God, and there's no room left over for worried thoughts." Psalm twenty-seven three says this: "Though a host should be encamped uh, against me, my heart shall not fear. The thoughts may come, but you need, we need to cast them down. Don't allow your heart to be in fear. You need to guard your heart, for out of it." Flows the issues of life. Amen? The second C they teach pilots in pilot school, number two, is to check your instruments. If you're flying through a storm, things seem upside down to you, rely on your instruments. Pilots, sometimes pilots and a good friend of mine here, uh, sometimes suffer from something called vertigo. And uh, what vertigo does is it throws off, I don't know if you know this, but part of your balance is controlling your ears. And so what happens is where the horizon looks like this, you know, it can look like this. And it throws things off where you, you know, it can throw your balance off kilter. And so when you go through these storms, the pressure changes and things change and it can throw your balance off where things don't look natural, where this looks like that. And so they teach pilots, listen, never rely on your senses. Rely on your instruments. You know, in a crisis, Christians sometimes suffer from spiritual vertigo. Or, you know, vertigo in our lives. They get disoriented, they can't find their balance, and it's important that we rely, uh, you know, on what God is there. Years ago, I heard a story. There was a, there was an army base out in the Midwest. And out on this army base, uh, back, you know, in the in early 1900s, uh, they used to use zeppelins. You know, these giant blimps. And there was one tied at a military base um, out in the Midwest. And one day a, a storm came in. Now, I lived in Oklahoma for a little while, and uh, Oklahoma's flat. And so, you know, if you don't like the weather, stick around 20 minutes, it'll change. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in Oklahoma, and, uh, or this, this is uh, out in the Midwest, and a storm comes in, and suddenly the winds pick up, and they begin to break the tethers that were holding the, the blimp, the zeppelin, to the ground. And one of the soldiers ran out, and hoping to, that his body weight would hold this thing down, grabbed one of the tethers, one of the ropes holding down, and it snapped, and it, you know, it took, up, took off in the air. And uh, so as this zeppelin, as this blimp rose higher, it is whipping this guy, this soldier, side to side, up and down. And, you know, I don't know how many thousand feet or whatever this thing went up in the air, but, you know, everybody is expecting, you know, tragedy for this guy to fall and perish. But it never happened. The guy, you know, is getting whipped upside down and against his blimp and all that. And finally, I guess after an hour or more, they were able somehow to get this zeppelin back to the ground. And they go up and the, and the soldier's still hanging onto the rope and they're like, listen, man, we were all waiting. We have no idea. How, how are you able to hold on? 
He said, well, I knew in my own strength I wouldn't be able to hold on much longer. He said, so what I did was I took that rope that was dangling beneath me, and he said, I wrapped it all around my waist, wrapped it around my legs, wrapped it around my body, and I let go. He said, the whole time you saw me up there, he said, I wasn't holding the rope, and the rope was holding me. How many of you know it's the same with, with God and the Word of God? That in lives, when you go through a difficult time, listen, in your own strength, our strength isn't enough. If we could do things on our own, how many of you know there would be no need for a Savior? You know, we, we go to the street to share, hey, can I share the love of God with you? And, uh, you, know, they, you know, sure, share the love of God with me. Let me ask you something. If you, if you stepped into attorney today, would, would you go to heaven or hell? And, uh, you know, if somebody is not a born-again Christian, somebody who's dedicated their life to Christ, they instantly go into the mode of what they have done to earn heaven. I'm a good person. You know, I haven't killed anybody. I walk people across the street. And, uh, you know, they'll spend 10 minutes trying to convince you of what they have done to be a good person and earn their way into heaven. And so, you know, we tell our people, you know, in the street ministry, homeless ministry, listen, if they go into a mode of explaining that they are a good person or whatever, they are under the understanding that salvation is based on works. It is not. Salvation is not based on works because we can't make it on our own. If we could make it our own, there'd be no reason for Jesus. And so thank God that, you know, Jesus came to pay the penalty for you and me, hung on a cross for you and me, suffered in the grave for you and me. And thank God we can, we can wrap the promises of God around us and just let go and let God and just, just trust Him. Amen? Amen. God's a good God. Amen. Number three, they teach pilots in pilot school. The third thing we must do is we must communicate with the communication tower. Communicate. Psalm 27, 7 says this, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. If you get anything from me today, it would be this scripture that I'll share right here. Psalm 27, 14. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Wait upon the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine heart. You know, a lot of times when we think of prayer, it, we, we see it as one-way communication. That we get in our face, we pray, you know, we, we pray for an hour, pray for a couple hours. You know, we praying the Holy Ghost, things like that. But we really don't give an opportunity for God to lead us and guide us. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That He wants to speak. He wants to lead us through our spirit. It's important that we know how to, to wait on God, to hear God's voice. And um, I shared before, you know, some of my greatest experiences of God are, are in the middle of the woods. And I look back, you know, when, I, when I'm 180 or however, however long I live. And I look back on my life, and I look on my great experiences with God. You know, it, thank God for the times I've had in church, but I've had some great ones just on my face before God at a lake or on my face before God in the woods and just seeking God, just emptying myself before God and just let God, you know, speak to my heart and give me direction. And uh, God loves you. He wants to speak to you, wants to share things with you, wants to guide you and lead you, but it's important we wait on Him. Amen? Jesus retreated. We see Jesus retreated many times throughout His life. You know, that he would go and, you know, he'd retreat and, uh, and just wait on God. I remember a story, I remember hearing Pastor tell a story, uh, I believe I read it about John G. Lake, the great missionary, Canadian missionary, that uh, worked in Africa. I believe it was South Africa, wasn't it? He was in South Africa and uh, he would uh, go out for days at a time to the woods and uh, just wait on God. And he'd show up two, three days later and ask his wife, do I look different? Do I seem different? If she said no, he'd go back out. What a great dedication to hear from God. 
How many of you have spent day, two or three days waiting on God in the woods? <laughs> Except Al. Where's Big Al? I know Al has. So, but we need to do that. We need to learn the art of hearing from God. And uh, it's, a, it's such an important thing. Amen. So we need to learn to wait on God. Number four, the fourth thing they teach pilots in pilot school, we need to comply with the instructions that we're given. So this is an important thing that we as Christians sometimes bypass. And, uh, you know, we need to open up the Word of God and God, whether I like it or not, you know, let me, let me, let me try to follow this. And so in Psalm 27, 8, it said this, God, when you said to me, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing, God, when you said to me, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, all right, Lord, thy face will I seek. And so we need to take that, that approach. Is it, God, whatever you say to me, whether I agree or disagree or whatever, whatever you agree, Father, here's my life. It belongs to you. Let every fiber of my being glorify you and worship you. And I'm here to serve you regardless. And so if I'm doing something wrong and you show me the word, God, let, let, me, let me get things right and go forward. Amen? We need to comply to the instructions. I'll share kind of a funny story, and, and I shared this here years ago, so I'm sure y'all forgot. And, uh, but I'll share it again. So anyway, I'm coming home to get engaged. And so uh, back in these days, I worked for Federal Express. And uh, in these days, you could get on a Federal Express plane, you can get in a computer and reserve a seat directly behind the pilot. And um, so anyway, I go in, I reserve a thing they call a jump seat. And so I went to the Tulsa airport at like 11 o'clock at night. I get up on this plane, you know, and thinking they're kind of, kind of uh, separating me from the pilot. But I sat right behind him. I mean, I could have parted the guy's hair. He's right here. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, you know, I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I'm going to see, get to see what happens. So we fly. We take off. We fly into Memphis where they sort all the freight for FedEx. And then I get on a plane to come home to Pittsburgh to get engaged. And so, uh, anyway, I'm coming home, and there's this big storm in Pittsburgh. I think it was January. I forget what month it was, but it was, it was cold and stormy. And so, as we're coming down, we fly into this storm, and our windshield is just getting pelted with ice and snow and pellets and rain. And, I mean, he's got the high beams on. You can't see 10 feet in front of his plane. I'm like, dear Jesus. I'm like, listen, the engagement can wait. Let's go back. So, so anyway, he, this guy, is, he's as calm as a cucumber. And he's communicating, you know, talking to the thing. And, you know, the, the guy in the communication tower is like, keep coming. I'm like, let's go back. And, uh, I mean, he's coming in. You're looking good. And I'm like, I don't know what you're seeing, brother, but it ain't looking good from here. And so he kept talking us in. And sure enough, we get beneath the clouds. And, I mean, we're directly in front of the runway like this. And I'm like, wow, thank God I had strong faith. And so, we land a plane, I come home and get engaged. And so, uh, but I've often looked back and thought, wow, you know, man, I couldn't see anything in front of me, 10 feet in front of me, and, and a control towers telling us to keep coming. You ever been there in your Christian walk where you can't see 10 feet in front of your face? Man, you're just going through something and it just seems like everything's upside down, like vertigo. You can't see 10 feet in front of you. You're on your face before God and God's like, it's all right, keep coming. Keep coming, you're all right. And uh, amen. We need to comply to the instructions that we're given. Trust God, trust the direction He gives us, and keep going. Amen? Amen. And then lastly, the last thing you teach pilots in pilot school is we need to climb. 
that every every storm, no matter what you're faced faced with, there is a ceiling to it. And if you get serious enough, you, you get on your face before God enough, you, you grow with God enough, you'll get above you'll get above anything. Last night, for whatever reason, I wake up about two o'clock in the morning, and this is kind of ironic, but uh, for whatever reason, there was something on the TV that I saw early in the day. Something about uh, storm chasers. And so 2 o'clock in the morning, I look up, and I, this is not, I don't want to look at videos or whatever in the middle of the night. I'm sleeping, usually. But last night I wake up, and uh, the thought comes to me, how are these pilots flying through hurricanes? And so I pull it up, and sure enough, there's a video. You can watch it. They're flying right into the hurricane. They go through it, into the eye. Into the eye of the hurricane, I mean, there's sunlight, perfect circle. Fly back in it and come out just like it's nothing. And uh, but you know, at one point it looks like their entire world is is about to fall apart, and all of a sudden they come through and they're still going forward and it's sunny. And uh, you know that's the way it is in our own lives. Is that we need to pray, we need to understand that God has a target for us. God has something great for us. We just need to just keep trusting God. Amen. Keep climbing in the things of God and we'll get to the other side. We'll feel, fulfill what God's calls to fulfill. God's got a great purpose for us here at Christian Assembly. Tremendous. Christian Assembly is not about me. It's not about you. It's about humanity. Ninety years ago, this year, family from New Brighton planted uh, this church. And uh, they were so excited, they were born again, that they went out and Share the gospel. And this woman <clears throat> spent 50 years of her life going out and sharing the truth and sharing the gospel and wanted to get God's amazing grace, the story of God's amazing mercy, His amazing grace into others. And from that, she planted many churches, not just ours, but many. And from that, the gospel has gone all throughout the nations of the world. Because a little lady had a passion to share God's amazing grace with others. Amen. God's plan hasn't changed. He's still the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He was on the throne last week, He's still on the throne. If He was on the throne last year, He's still on the throne. If God had a purpose for Christian assembly in 1930, 1970, 1980, and 1990, He still has a plan in 2020. And his plan for us is this, is that we wander in here and we realize, listen, we are called by God. That we were all lost. We were all lost on the road to hell, every one of us. There's not one of us you can look around and say, I was worthy on my own. Not one. And you can start with me. As I'll be glad to say, I was not worthy on my own. I still have to rely on God, His mercy, His grace every day. Just as you do, if we're going to be real. That when they open up the church doors and we wander in and we're like, listen God, I am here because you have been faithful and good to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I cast stones at nobody. I try, try to live my best, do my best to live that way. And just, just live in a way to help people. And, and the reason is, when I look out at you guys, what I see, I don't see, I don't see, you know, individuals, I don't see Christian Assembly Church. What I see is life changers. Your, your destiny is this. You've been called. When you, when you laid your life down, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. You suffered in the grave for me. You gave everything for me. How many of you know when, he, when Jesus took nails in His hands, that was for you? 
He knew for himself. Right? He was without sin. And so when he took nails in his hands, that should have been you and me being punished for the sins that you and I have committed. When he took nails in his feet, he did that for you. And he did that for me. And so when he suffered in the grave, the same, he did that for you and me. When we share the gospel in the street, when Ben goes and leads a homeless ministry, his message will be similar to this. Listen, Jesus laid his life down for you. He suffered on the cross for you. Gave, suffered in the grave for you. Gave his everything for you that, you that you would live. Are you willing to give your life back to him? That's the salvation message. That's what we're all about here at Christian Assembly. The salvation message. And uh, so that, that's what we're here for. Is you are here today because either you need salvation or you've received it and you've laid your life down. Something along those lines, but that has brought you here to Christian Assembly. Secondly, is this the Bible says God calls people that He places in the body as He wills. We don't we don't go out and say, God, you know what, I like this church, I'm going there. The Bible says He calls you to a body to work together as a team to reach out. And so you are called. Everybody say, I'm called. You are called to a church body. Say it again, I am called. To a church body. That's right. And it's not for you. It's not like, well, all praise is to me. You know, we could go, we could go places. I travel a lot. You know, I get to see a lot of things. And, uh, you know, we always endeavor to do better. But, you know, there's places you'll go that that day they'll fancy your ear. Or, or this day you like the way they do things a little bit better. But you are called. There's an anointing for you to be here. And the reason is this. is It's for us to work together to reach humanity. And to reach lost humanity. There's 200 countries in the world. And Christian Assembly has been called to be a light to them. And so today I just want to commend you guys for being here. I want to commend you for being with us. And I just want to remind all of us that God's amazing grace brought us here. Amen. And it's up to us to continue to take God's amazing grace to the nations of the world. Amen. 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 Let's bow our heads. I want to pray for you guys. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray for these guys here. And uh, Father, in Jesus' name, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if, if you're in this place today and you say, you know what, if I died today, I don't know it, where I would go. I, I'm really confused with this. I don't know if I would step into heaven. I don't know, you know where my eternity would be. Listen, I, if this is you here today, I have been in your very place where I didn't know. And I'm not going to embarrass you today. I'm not going to embarrass you today. I, I'm just going to pray with you. That's it. But listen, I, I do have a message for you. That Jesus did die on a cross for our sins. For your sins and for mine. When He hung on a cross, He just didn't do it to do it. He died there for our sins. Secondly, He took nails in His hands and feet for your sins and for mine. He suffered in the grave for you and me. He gave His everything for you and me. My question to you today is this. Are you willing to give your everything back to Him? If you've never done that today and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, you want to make sure if you stepped into eternity today that Jesus would be your Lord and Savior. If that's you, wherever you're at, lift up your hand. I'm going to pray for you. I see your hand. You can put it down. Thank you. Anybody else? I sense there's two people here. Maybe you need to get, get right with God. We've had, we've had this hand go up, but there's at least two others that need to uh, be right with God today. You... You were right with God. Things have been stagnant with you. And to be honest with you, it's because you put other things before God. 
you've walked into a you know you've walked into a stagnant season and today uh, it starts with on your face and just just making sure God's right in your life I want to pray with you guys as well all right so let's do that let's just all pray together if we can do that all right just say father God in Jesus name I thank you that you died on a cross for my sins Jesus come into my heart as my Lord and Savior from this day forward I promise to serve you I promise to honor you from this day forward in Jesus name Amen Father I pray a blessing on these individuals and uh, Father we just ask you that, that today that you would speak to their heart uh, you can lift your hand we've got a gift for you today we've got a Bible for you We've got some other things we just want to bless you with from here at Christian Assembly. And listen, there's nothing to be ashamed, ashamed of. Be proud of it. Listen, we've all made that decision. We've all had to make Jesus Lord of our lives. And so that's, a, that's a great thing to be, to be proud of today. Amen? Amen. God's a good God. Amen. Aren't you thankful for Jesus?